Hello, Internet. You are now experiencing technical difficulties. This is Greg, and once again, we are joined by Rena for some Call of Cthulhu. Hi, everyone. I'm Rena. I ran the Necropolis for this wonderful group of people a little while ago, and we're back for some more 1920s madness, Cthulhu style. Looking forward to seeing what happens and if anyone can survive this time. Probably not, but you never know. Okay. So, Rena, should we introduce our characters at this time? Uh, yes, we should probably do that. Um, so you can introduce yourself, your characters, maybe a bit about what you look like. All right. Well, uh, this is Adam. I'm going to be playing Dash Hopkins. Um, Dash Hopkins is a private investigator who is described as big. He is 42, so he's been in the business maybe a little bit too long. and has been summoned to New York, New York, to attend to some sort of strange occurrence. And I will be trying to use that hideous accent the entire time, uh, by special request. <laughs> Absolutely. And this is Greg, and I'm playing DeForest Payne, a 45-year-old paranormal psychologist from New York, New York. Um, he is a very average fellow, average height, average weight, average hair. Just probably picture him as just a guy from a catalog from around the 1920s. Uh, never without his trusty camera and a uh, kind of a creepy smile. Kind of thin, kind of leery. Uh, yeah, this is uh, Ben. I am playing uh, Joyce McBurney. Uh, she's an investigative reporter uh, at New York, New York, from Philadelphia. I'm played by Lauren Bacall, as I try to do her <laughs> voice, so get that swagger that she's got in her voice. Uh, yeah. What's what's Joyce's uh, profession? I missed it. I'm investigative reporter uh, for nice. the New York Times. Sure, why not? <laughs> and I'm Ethan. I'm playing Professor Byron Boston of the Arkham Bostons, not the Boston Bostons. Uh, a professor of uh, occult studies from from Miskatonic University. I am played by, oh, I guess I looked up a, a Boston Brahmin actor named Sonny Tufts from the 1940s, and I will dump his image into the active game chat. He's a, you know, he looks like a... Oh, white. my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's hey, that's a lot. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> That oh dear. that fucker likes pinning black people into actual pens. Oh no! Oh fuck that guy! Oh dear! Yeah. All right. So it is Halloween night of nineteen twenty. It is a cold, drizzly evening, about nine p.m. for all of you as you make your way to a rather well kept but starting to run down a little bit around the edges, Brownstone Victorian in New York. The drizzle has really started to make everyone a little bit cranky on the streets of New York. 
you can feel the chill in the atmosphere getting on towards winter already, even though it's only the end of October. And it's perhaps not put you in the best of moods as you have arrived at tonight's location. All of you have been hired individually. You have never met each other by a Mr. Chandler. Mr. Chandler is a wealthy investment banker in New York who has recently lost his beloved daughter, his only child, Joe. Joe was killed in a car accident very suddenly just a few months ago, and Mr. Chandler is desperate to be able to say goodbye. He has tried going to every medium, every spiritualist, everyone he can think of to try and contact her spirit, but has only been defrauded time after time. Recently, however, Madame Mina, the famous Victorian spiritualist, has come out of retirement. She has announced that her husband, the famous British Penny Dreadful writer, Walter Vines, has died and his spirit has entered into his beloved typewriter and that she now can use the typewriter to channel spirits from beyond in a more powerful way than ever before. Thus, she is offering, for a short time only, seatings to select clients for seances. Mr. Chandler, desperate to believe that this is real, but wary for obvious reasons, has hired all of you individually with your various skills, whether it be in the occult or journalism, photography, whatever it is, to attend this seance, this very first one open to the public, to see if she's for real. Is she telling the truth? Is she really able to channel the spirits of the dead? Or is she yet another fraud like so many he's given money to before? And so all of you are in the drawing room of Madame Mina's estate. The rain is beginning to hit a little bit harder outside the one window behind the heavy velvet curtains. There's a large grandfather clock on one end of the room across from a fireplace with a fire blazing merrily away. There are lots of old knickknacks and various dolls and porcelain figures around the room, very Victorian style. There is a large collection of books on some very antique-looking bookshelves set up, very organized very, very neatly, including an entire collection of Walter Vine's Penny Dreadfuls. You can see them all neatly lined up alphabetically on one of the bookcases. A butler, the one who showed you into the room, is standing tall and proud and regal by the door. He's wearing a very nice, neat suit, standing with his hands clasped behind his back, and his face has not moved a muscle since ushering you all in. There is a set of chairs and low couches set up in a circle in the middle of the room. On one of these couches is an elderly man with very thick glasses and a walking stick who's puffing away on a pipe. And a little old woman, you assume his wife, is sitting next to him and chattering away in his ear as he just says, yes, dear, every now and then. And there is a young woman wearing a flapper-style evening gown, barely covers her knees, with her hair pulled up in a short cut and a band around it with feathers stuck in it. She's leaning against the fireplace, looking very dreamy and kind of bored at everyone. And in the center of the circle, you see the typewriter. 
the famous typewriter of Walter Vines. It's seated on a small table, round, all alone. The typewriter itself looks to be fairly new, as in within the last five or six years, but it is curiously banged up, as if someone had thrown it across the room or had otherwise angrily attacked it, maybe in a fit of drunken rage while typing, who knows. But it is sitting there, and no one has touched it. So, what are you all doing? Are there any big, like, plush Victorian wingback chairs? There is absolutely one of those chairs uh, at, at the circle next to the couch with the elderly couple. Oh, excellent! I'm going to take a seat at the in this glorious chair. Uh, my dear Butler, if you would be so kind, would you please bring me a cigar and a small pour of uh, decent whiskey? Very good, sir. Oh, that sounds fine. That sounds fine. Brandy for me, my good man. I'll take a uh, whiskey on the rocks. Uh, no need for a cigar. As, I'll light up. Uh, def- uh, <laughs> I'll light up a cigarette. <laughs> uh, oh dear. Is I was going to say, as DeForest lights his third, like, like it's, it's they can afford like, it. They can afford it. We're in a uh, private residence. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. Uh, DeForest declines his cigar as he lights his third lucky strike of the night. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, the butler turns to you, Joyce, and says, Anything for you, madam? Uh, yes, I'll just have a, just have a scotch and soda. Very good. And he bows slightly and leaves the room to procure your drink orders. It is prohibition at this time, but you are aware that there's a grandfather clause of a sort where you can imbibe on alcohol you already own, as long as you are not purchasing alcohol. So it appears that Madame Mina and her late husband had some sort of stock on hand. Uh-huh. So as as the butler leaves, uh, is it Dash, you're sitting next to the elderly couple as you drop into this Victorian chair, and uh, you look over to see this little old lady in her long Victorian style dress is just looking up at you and blinking owlishly, and she says, "Oh, I do hope this is for real. Do Do you think it's for real, young man? I I'm I'm so desperate to talk to my Al again. Oh, it I I do hope so." Oh, madam, I could not possibly tell you my knowledge of the occult is somewhat limited to folk tales and Br'er Rabbit stories. I I don't give much credence to mediums, but for your sake, madam, I hope it is real. Oh, I do hope so. I would do anything to be able to talk to Al again. And the old man just pats her gently on the shoulder and says, there, there, dear, there, there. And the young woman, the socialite, who's over by the fireplace, just kind of rolls her eyes, and she floats over to you, DeForest, and just leans on your shoulder and says, It's all so dreadfully dull, isn't it? <sighs> I agree. If I, had a, if I had a nickel for every time, I've disproven a false mechanical device used to interact with the dead, I'd have three nickels, which isn't much, but 
It's more than a man should have. Strange that there's three of them. Uh, I've come across a lot of things in my time. She smiles sort of dreamily. Uh, You can give me a credit rating roll. Uh, Sure. To see if you know who this is. Yeah, weird. Close. 26 and (laughs) <laughs> so you, you're not sure who this is. Her face looks vaguely familiar and you know, it's nice that she's just kind of leaning on your shoulder, but you're, you're not really sure who it is. Mm-hmm. She, she looks around the room and just says, yes, well, I was just hoping for something interesting. It's so God awful dull these days. And she reaches into her handbag and pulls out a little paper packet and unfolds it to reveal some white powder. She takes a pinch and sniffs it up. Nice. Nice. That dreadful? Quite. Everything's all the same. Once you've done it a few times, you've done it every time. Uh, One can only go to so many parties. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. And she just sort of dreamily drifts off towards the bookcase. What are the rest of you doing? (laughs) Strongly considering hitting on the coked out socialite. (laughs) Be my guest? Absolutely not. That's super fucking opium now. (laughs) Yeah. I'll be I'll be I'll be idly perusing the bookshelves, uh, seeing if there's anything of uh, that stands out to me as uh, professionally Mm -hmm. interesting. Okay, give me a spot hidden. Not library use? (laughs) (laughs) Not in this case. Library use is more for looking for specific things and then also for reading them. In this case, I'm checking to see what you find. Uh, We have a success. Okay. Um, So with a regular success, you notice that there's an entire shelf just dedicated to Walter Vines' books. And it looks to be a complete collection, which is a lot. He was a very prolific writer. Uh, He wrote 86 different serialized penny dreadfuls which is which is quite a bit um and so well it seems he liked to have copies of his own work around but you also find in tucked away in a corner a very old kind of leather bound some kind of leather anyway book uh it it's it's a little strange to you this this book when you pull it out from the bookcase because it's very small and it looks very old and it doesn't look like it fits any of the rest of the books in this room. Hmm. Well, I'll and, caref- carefully open mm-hmm. it and see what it's inside. Okay. So it appears to be written in Spanish and it's called El Libro de la Noche. Well, I don't by- read Spanish. It appears to be by a Señor Francisco de la Vispa. And it's it's handwritten in very old faded ink. What was the author's name again? Francisco Señor uh, de la Vista. De la Vista. Uh, I'll put it in the chat for you. And if you want to make a intelligence role to see if you can pick out a couple words you can do that i know you don't speak spanish but you are a professor 
which is you are Cthulhu. <laughs> you are you are a professor. Edu ed, or intelligence? Um, edu. So right. edu, because you might have picked up a few words. Uh, absolutely not. Like absolutely not. <laughs> you definitely did not. I don't. Okay. Speak, I don't speak none of that Spanish talk. Yeah. <laughs> didn't even so, find the word Cthulhu in there. Yeah. None so, of that degenerate Iberian language. Yes, that's right. You, <laughs> you dusky languages. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Sorry, I will refrain from that. Yes, please. Um, so the you know the word libro means book, and that's about all you get. Hmm. Yeah, I'd I'd like to uh, be careful with the racism. I know it's yeah, socially appropriate, but it makes me uncomfortable. I'd prefer uh, to avoid it. Absolutely, and I certainly will. Thank you. Okay, so uh, you can't really make anything out, but it's it's very old. That's for sure. It's very old, and the front cover kind of looks uh, uncomfortably a little bit like there's a bit of a face imprinted in it hmm well that's a bit off-putting uh uh did you ladies and gents read uh spanish by any chance give me a group luck roll oh. <laughs> yeah and that's you again uh-huh. <laughs> hey! hey how about that hard success 19 so the socialite looks up and just sort of blinks at you and says, I know a little bit. I lived in Spain with my second husband for a couple years. Oh, did I say years? I meant months. Now, madam, that would necessitate an interesting question, which is how many husbands have you acquired? I'm trying to get rid of the fourth. And she smiles dreamily. Fascinating. I don't suppose while we're waiting around for the... Like, what's her name? Oh, I guess Uh, not. Um, Well, the the journalist would know um, that this is Nick Devereaux. um, Because she's in the society papers quite a bit. Uh, her full name is Nicolette, but she hates it. So she goes by Nick and she's only in her late twenties, but she is indeed on her fourth husband. And she's well known for being one of the bright young people. Any husbands, uh, mysteriously die or if they, if they just all been divorces, Mm, give me an intelligence roll. (laughs) See what you remember. Uh, extreme <laughs> nine out of 60. Fantastic. So you happen to know that her first husband who was English, uh, died mysteriously. Oh, and everyone said it was just an accident shooting accident while hunting. Uh, her second husband, the one in Spain disappeared and was declared dead after a period of time. Uh, her third husband was a divorce. He's still around somewhere. Uh, and the fourth husband is keeping out of sight for the moment, no one knows where he is, but she she has filed for divorce in New York City. Okay. Um. When did she? When was when was she first married? She first like, got married at nineteen. Okay. 
Paula. Is she 22 or 26? She's in her late 20s. Late 20s. Okay. 28 or 29. You're not okay. sure which. Because that would be a lot of husbands to have gotten through in just three short years. Yes, a little too much. But no, it, it, it's it's been almost a decade for these four husbands. So she drifts over to you, Professor, and takes a look at the book. <laughs> what do you make of this? Um, I'll make a roll for her. Okay, well... The title's weird. The Book of the Night. Is that a Penny Dreadful too? Huh. I don't know. <laughs> You're going to have to tell me. I don't know. It's she shrugs. True. But the name's kind of funny. Francisco de la Avispa. That means the wasp. <laughs> That's a funny name. That's funny, we're having a little discussion about wasps on our way over here. Just idle chit-chat, but mm. Mm, I'm sure it's nothing. I'm, I'm sure it's just a coincidence. But why would you have a name like the wasp? That's just so weird. Huh. And she opens the book and starts slowly flipping through it. Uh, I don't know some of this. It's all... F- old people had really weird handwriting in the forever ago but something about a veil like was he getting married i don't know Hmm. parting the veil i'm sure it's nothing she tosses the book over her shoulder oh hey i'll try to catch it from her (laughs) (laughs) give me a dexterity roll (laughs) hey now that's no way to treat a library book Hard success. <laughs> okay, so you catch you catch the book as she tosses it over her shoulder. All right. Well, taking a closer look at it, do I have any uh, any sense of how old it might be? I'd say, considering your occupation, this looks to be as as far as you can tell, it's probably from the fifteenth or sixteenth century. Ah, okay. So fairly old. Nice. Well, it's a, a remarkable volume here. I'll have to ask our hostess about it later on. Speaking of which... As you say that, the clock strikes ten. And the room suddenly feels cold. The fireplace goes out, suddenly leaving the room lit only by the gas lights hanging on the walls, the lamps set around the typewriter. You feel a bit of a breeze, almost, this cold wind in the room. It feels heavy and close, despite the coldness. And standing in front of you, suddenly, is a tall woman in all-black morning garb, wearing a long, black, Victorian-style dress with black lace at the wrists and the throat and a small cameo brooch. And a long black veil over her face. And her hands are clasped in front of her. She's just standing there. You didn't hear her come in. You didn't see the door open. She's just there. And if you'd like to roll spot hidden to see if you can figure out how she got here, 
once you recover from the startled, oh, there's someone here. Normal success. And good old Dash got a hard success there. I failed. So, with the hard success, Dash, you look around and you realize there isn't really a way she could have gotten in here. The door the butler went out and the one that he'd brought you through stayed closed. It didn't open. There's no other doors. The window is behind you and she didn't come through that. She's just there. What do you all do? Well, madam, that is quite the parlor trick. You will have to show me how you did that sometime. Now, in all due respect to your morning time, I, I am hoping that you will be able to assist us in uh, parting the veil, as they say. That is why we are here, Mr. Hopkins. Please, all of you, have a seat. And she takes one of the old-fashioned, very straight-backed chairs directly across from the front of the typewriter. Do you all sit? Dash is going to look around. Just... Is this he need to move, or can he just sit? Is he, oh, he, is he, can stay where... he can stay where he is. Do the rest of you sit? Yes, uh, I particularly, I specifically take a uh, chair position up uh, where I can look directly at her face uh, and see her her lips clearly. Okay, so you sit directly across from her at the back of the typewriter. Uh, must I said I'm really more here as a third party observer. If you do not sit in the ritual circle, you cannot be present. Oh, very well. Then I said. Taking that note, I'll send on a couch next to Joyce. And Nick, the socialite, just kind of rolls her eyes and slowly drifts over to a chair. She sits down with her back against one of the armrests, draping her legs over the other armrest, looking very bored. Thank you all for attending this evening. I know some of you are a little skeptical, shall we say, but I can promise you that my dearly departed, beloved Walter, has such sights to show you. She smiles. She looks around at all of you and she pulls up the veil back over her head. You can see a woman who looks to be in her 80s, but very well kept. If you think the Dowager Duchess of Grantham, or Countess of Grantham from Downton Abbey, that's mm. kind of the vibe you get from her. Her hair is piled up very neatly at the back of her head. She looks severe, but like she's taken good care of herself. Um, and her dark, piercing eyes are sharply intelligent as she looks out at all of you. Please, join hands. And she holds out her hands to either side of her. And one of, uh, on one side, the elderly woman takes her hand. And on the other side, Nick takes her hand, rolling her eyes again. 
It is important. Dash will lean in and grab Nick's hand and whoever is closest to his left. Probably DeForest. And I'll grab Joyce's. I will genteely hold the hands of those to my left and right. So you have Joyce on one side and you have the elderly gentleman with the thick glasses on the other. Very good. I'm sorry, sir. I didn't catch your name. I'll whisper to him. Uh, my, my name's uh, um, Doctor Tracy, but you uh, you can call me you can call me Doc. You've got it, Doc. He smiles, kind of pleasantly. He also smells a little bit like he's been imbibing before he got here. Very well. I must insist that we. Hold hands the entire time we are speaking to the spirits. It is very, very important that we do not break the circle. Do you understand? Uh, What are the consequences if uh, such a thing were to happen? Give me a persuade roll. Persuade (laughs) at 60. Um... Why, damn. (laughs) <laughs> Need to get the story. Which I failed. It's <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what? No, I'm gonna spend luck. Okay. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> okay, so she takes a, a deep breath and says, Well, I suppose if you haven't been to one of these sittings before, you must understand that when a medium such as myself manifests spirit we are using our own vital energy to draw these spirits to our plane and we rely on all of you as anchors to hold us here if the circle is broken it can happen that a medium's own spirit is trapped in the beyond it is also possible that The manifestation, the other spirit that the medium summons can take possession of the medium's body if there is no reliable anchor. It is very dangerous to contact the other world. So I must insist that you agree to not break the circle. Yes, yes, standard stuff. Of course, of course. Um, May I make an occult roll to see if that is fairly consistent with other Mm -hmm. uh, paranormal things I've come across? Absolutely. Hey, 41. Okay, so yes, this is what you, this is something you know. Right, you are pretty aware of of stories of mediums being lost, like it being in a sitting and the circle being broken and the medium's body just collapsing dead. Um, you've also read reports of mediums being possessed by the spirits they were attempting to contact, and that person living, acting, and talking for years as the the spirit of the dead person insisting that they're the dead person and so it it makes sense to you 
on that note, I, I will look over to um, dear Miss Ms. Devereaux. I'll say, Ms. Devereaux, I, I know this may all seem a, a trifle to you, but if you don't mind, I, I think it might be the barest politeness if we could all maintain the circle just, just for the evening and for a show of uh, good fun. How about that? Whatever. No one wants to end up like Professor Laszlo. God rest his soul. Indeed not. So, with that in mind, shall we begin? And she closes her eyes, and the little old lady uh, next to her is just kind of tugging at her hand, saying, oh, please, please, I would like to go first, please. And Doc says, Penelope, darling, calm down. We wait our turn. And Penelope just looks very anxious at Madame Mina, and Madame Mina just smiles and says, of course. But let me begin to open the way first. And Penelope just nods. Madame Mina takes in a deep breath, and she looks at the typewriter, and she says, Spirits of the other realm, on this All Hallows' Eve, on the night when you may walk freely among us when the veil is thin, and you may reach us and speak to us more freely, we beg your presence here, in this house, in this sacred circle, to bring comfort to those who have lost and loved. We wish you no harm, and we ask no harm to us. We merely wish to speak to our loved ones on this sacred night. And she closes her eyes, and she mutters something under her breath, and then she opens her eyes again. She looks at the typewriter, and she says, Walter, my darling, are you with us? And you see the keys on the typewriter. Click, clack, click, clack. Good evening. You can see it typed out on the paper. Madame Mina's hands have not moved. She is holding hands tightly on each side. There's no way she could have moved her hands to touch the typewriter. Her knees under her long Victorian dress are nowhere near the table holding the typewriter. So, Professor, there's no way she could use any of those ingenious mechanisms for typing under a table that you've seen before. Mm. It's a mystery. Fascinating. Maybe she's just like uh, cracking the knuckles in her feet like the Fox sisters. Well, the the letters are showing up on the typewriter. It's not just the sound. So you can all make a spot hidden if you're looking at the typewriter. Um, I succeeded. No, no, no. Damn! Dream okay. for me. Two. So those of you who succeeded, the two of you who succeeded, you do not see anything that she could be doing to instigate this. You see no wires. You see her feet 
in her patent leather shoes poking out from under her long dress don't seem to move. She's not tapping. You don't see anything moving around the typewriter. You tilt your head a little bit, maybe looking under the table. You don't see anything moving there. But Professor, with your extreme, Mm -hmm. you see the typewriter keys as you're looking, as they're moving. It looks, there's something that looks like dried blood splattered across some of the keys. You didn't Mm -hmm. see it before because the keys were all in place, but now that they're moving, you can start to see these bladders of blood. Dried blood. Hmm. Um, is the floor carpeted? Yes. Okay. Yeah, there's so, no wire bulge or anything from No. Under the you don't you don't you don't see any wire bulge or anything. As far as you can tell, it's just the typewriter on this little end table set in the middle of the room. And As you're looking at the typewriter and it's typing out, Madame Mina continues, Thank you for joining us this evening, my darling. We have so many we wish to speak to on the other side, but let us us start with our dear friend Penelope here. And Penelope says, Al, Al, are you there? Uh, do, oh, do, do let me speak to you, Al. Oh, and, and she just starts sobbing into a handkerchief and Mina smiles slightly indulgently. Says, Is there an Al here with us tonight? And there's a click, clack, click, clack. Yes. And then you hear out of Madame Mina's mouth, her shoulders arch back. She opens her mouth to speak, and you hear a roof, 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 roof. God damn it! They're here about a fucking dog. Oh Jesus! Uh, I roll my eyes. And Penelope goes, "Oh, Al, oh Al, my darling, I'm so sorry. It, it's so sorry. It's all my fault. You know, I didn't mean to leave the gate open for that nasty man to run over you with his motor car. Oh, I'm so sorry, Al." And there's another bark out of Madamina's mouth, and she flutters her eyes and says, "Al is aware that you didn't mean to let him out. That." You forgot to take your medication that morning, didn't you, dear? And you get so forgetful when you don't take your medication. And yes, what is it, Al? And there's another. Ah, yes. He says he's in a good place. He's happy. He's running free. And that you should move on. You should let him run free in the fields and and find someone else. And and she sniffles. Penelope sniffles. Oh, so, oh, Matty, darling, that means I could I could bring home that little pug that I saw that I wanted so much. But and Al won't be mad at me. Oh, that's so wonderful. And Madame Mina smiles and says, "You are forgiven. Al is happy. Goodbye, Al. I loved you so much." And Madame Mina closes her eyes and shakes her head. And the typewriter is click clack click clack and it says bullshit <laughs> oh my what whatever could that mean and madame Mina says now walter dear that's not very nice click clack click clack click clack stupid dog penelope starts crying Looking dogs 
Nick. Dogs do. No, go ahead. I just. How is Nick reacting to this? So Nick has leaned forward, and she's actually kind of sitting up in her seat, and she actually looks somewhat interested. And she says, "Well, this is fun. Never had anyone try to contact a dog before. <laughs> that's that's cool." Yes, in my experience, dogs seem to become much more articulate and easy to uh, easy to interpret after their deaths. Well, it was very funny. And the typewriter goes click, clack, click, clack. Stupid. Now, sir, it does seem somewhat impolite to insult the poor woman's dead uh, pet, even if her grief does seem slightly out of proportion to the poor creature's life. Click, clack. Hack. Oh, dear. It's been some time since somebody called me a hack. Uh, Mina's shaking, Madame Mina's shaking her head. Walter, darling, I, I, I know that uh, it's been s- some time for you on the other side, but really, there's no need to be so crotchety. And there's another click-clacking sound says, Sorry. Bored. Heh <laughs> Is the <laughs> it typed as well? Yep. Oh man, that's kind of creepy. Uh, it's an amusing uh, turn to this thing to have some some uh, attitude from the spirit. Well, my my dear Walter was in his later years a little bit uh, temperamental. It's it's one of the reasons I knew the spirit was him, actually. Fair enough. And the typewriter goes click clack, click clack, says Well Come on. Ask. He's a busy spirit, isn't he? <laughs> Impatient. Madamina just shakes her head, says, Is there anyone? Any of you would like to speak to? Walter is a little impatient tonight. Phoebe. She nods. Closes her eyes and says, Walter, darling, if there is a Phoebe with you, send her to me. And the typewriter goes click, clack, click, clack. Click clack, says, and it just says, "Heh, burn, ugly spirit." <laughs> Excuse me. Blown up. Not pretty. Okay, this guy's an asshole. That doesn't make me want to talk to her any less. Your funeral. <laughs> and Madame Mina's eyes roll back in her head again. She opens her mouth and a, a much younger voice comes out. Where, where, where am I? It's, it's, it's so dark. It's, who's there? Is that Hello? her voice? Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm rolling. 
Yeah, you're rolling sanity for that. Oh, but I made it. Okay, so you're only going to lose one. Uh, yeah, fair. Um, do I just manually m- yeah, just, type? M- uh, okay. Yeah, just manually type it in your you uh, sanity box. Mm-hmm. Where am I? Um, Phoebe, you're in a um, you're in Brownstone in New York. Uh, DeForest <laughs> is looking very um, uh, holding himself, but barely. What happened? What happened? It was... It was so bright, and then it's dark, and so cold. What? We, d- Mr. Payne? Yes, yes. Phoebe, we, we messed up the proportions. Uh, there was an explosion at the lab. I, I couldn't get to you in time. Mr. Payne, it's so dark. It's so cold. Uh, they're out there, Mr. Payne. I didn't know. I didn't know they were out there. I know. I know. They're watching. They're always watching. I know. I'm so scared. I'm so scared. I'm so scared, I'm so Mr. Payne. Is there anything I can do to help you? I don't. I don't. Oh, God. Oh, God. And then Madamina's head snaps forward as the typewriter begins to type out. No help. <laughs> Stuck. Um, yeah, I failed the second roll. Okay, so I'm going to roll for that. Okay, you only lose two. Okay. Uh, but I, I think as an involuntary reaction, you kind of let out a strangled sort of cry. Oh, yeah. Uh, th- this is this is very startling, and it's very upsetting to to think that she's stuck somewhere spiritually that her her soul is lost and walter's being a dick about it so that's not helping either if deforest survives this he has a new life's work (laughs) so as this is this is all happening the the clock begins to strike 10 this long low chime on the grandfather clock and everything goes dark Oh, it's freezing in here. Yeah. It, it's another three degrees colder. You all feel a chill. Even Nick kind of shivers a little bit with her bare arms. And the gas lights have gone out. And you don't feel the carpet beneath your feet. And oh. suddenly you're in another place. Cold, dark, and empty. You see each other holding hands, still seated in these chairs. There's no room. No gas lights on the walls. There's no walls around you. And it's just the typewriter in the center of the circle, lit by something. God knows what. It's the only light you have. Slight, faint glow of green. As you are in this other space, and the typewriter is clacking away merrily. And I'd like a sand roll. Yeah, Yeah, sand roll for everybody. Fail. That failed. Your fear seems reasonable. Oh, uh-huh. 55. <laughs> oh, God, everybody failed. <laughs> <laughs> we were, we were prepared for this. I still need to add them. 
All right. Oh! Oh, okay. So um, we'll deal with we'll deal with everyone else first, and then we'll get to the fumble. And I will say that fumbles are very bad in <laughs> in Sandy. Yeah, um, yeah. So let's see. Dash, you're going to lose three. Oh shit! Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, that's good times. Uh huh. Let's see. Um, everybody failed. Okay. So, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, Joyce, you lose two. Okay. Professor, mm -hmm. you lose three. And then uh, with the fumble, the way fumbles work on Sanity is you lose maximum Sanity. And this is a D6. <laughs> so you lose six points of sanity. Good and times. Like, oh, yes. So I would like an intelligence roll from you. Do, do, do. Boop. <laughs> nope. Uh, well, that's you good. Want to spend luck on this or not. no? Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah, on the sand you, check, you, yeah. on on an int roll after losing that much sand, you want to fail because if you pass, it means you understand what's happening to you. On a fail, you're able to kind of rationalize it away a little bit. So the budget is really good for the seance. Yeah. How how are you rationalizing this in your brain? Oh, this is clearly some sort of. Uh, Mirrors and smoke sort of deal. This can't possibly be happening in truth. Yeah, it, it, it's mirrors or something. Um, Payne, did I give you your sand loss? Um, I lost track. You, you did not. You, said, you okay. said it for Dash, but I assume you meant me. Oh, uh, yes, I meant you. Sorry. Which was the, two, the, the double yep. Ds uh, kind of confused me. It's all good. It's all right. So, um, so all of you, because you all failed your sand rolls, are going to now make me a power roll. Oh no! Oh, yeah. no, no, that's not good. Uh, I failed. <laughs> okay. Um, oh my god! This, this might be really this, bad. <laughs> Look is, at this, is this a roll you can spend luck on? Uh, hmm. I'll allow it. Uh, yeah, I'm burning nine. I'm, okay, I'm sticking okay. with it. Okay, so um, we'll also stick with it. Okay, so the professor and uh, who else? And Stuck with Dash report. And uh, so Dash, you passed, and you're you feel a little shake in your head, like you're sudden you're startled to suddenly be in this other place. But you're 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 holding on. It's it's fine, and your grip actually tightens on the people next to you. Yes. So, Professor, on the other hand, and <laughs> yeah, you didn't finish your brandy. Um, so, Professor, and who else failed I, the power? I also failed, and I spent okay. luck to succeed. Yeah, that's right. So Joyce and Professor Byron, both of you drop hands. Oh, you are God. so shocked and startled oh. and confused that you let go. And you're gone. 
You're <laughs> not wah. in this space. And Madame Mina immediately snaps at the rest of you who are still in this circle. Don't break the circle. God damn it. And she quickly manages to get all of you to clasp hands again and rejoin the circle very fast. You're all just kind of startled into grabbing the hand of whoever is now next to you. And she just kind of (sighs) (sighs) breathes very heavily. Professor Boston and Joyce, you are in a cold, empty place. There's Uh no furniture. You Mm. both kind of land on your asses. There's sounds around you. There's a little bit like water, maybe. Lapping somewhere. The, the floor feel like? It feels like rock. Hmm. Golly. It's cold. Oh. And so. there's... It sounds like... Is that a wind? And then maybe something... Something like dirt being shoveled somewhere? Maybe? It's a little hard to tell. But the only thing you can see... Is the table... With this goddamn typewriter... I'll strike up a match and okay. lean over and look very closely. Well, first I'll take a look and see if there's anything else I can divine from our surroundings. Well, first the two of you are going to make another sand roll. Yes. For being in yet another place. <laughs> I'd like to take, I'd like to uh, do a, I'd like to get out my flask of moonshine and take a hit. Okay. That is absolutely allowed. I fail my sand roll. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> I also failed. Okay, so you're both going to lose two. It's a lot of 79s. It started with 40. God. Yeah, you're not doing so hot oh, at the man. moment. Yeah. Jo- Joyce is having a rough night. So, Professor, you were going to take a look at the typewriter? Yeah, I guess so. If I can't see any walls or anything. Okay, give me a spot hidden. See what you f- see what you discover as you lean over this typewriter. I succeed. All right. The typewriter is it appears to be the exact same one that was in the in the room with the séance. Mm. But it was also in the other space you were just in. Right. Maybe maybe it came with you. But it- you you see there's this kind of green goo between the keys now. Hmm. And it starts typing. Click clack. Do- do I see clack. the same blood stains on it? You do. Keys. And now this and the same damage. Green, yes. And the green ooze now seeping around the keys as the typewriter begins to type. Um, I'm going to get my, I have a flashlight. Can I uh, mm-hmm. turn on the flashlight? And you absolutely see what can. The walls of the room are that we look like or we're in. Sure. So. You turn on your torch and. Uh, there's no walls. It's just kind of dark. Mm. It's the kind of dark that eats the light. Mm. Well, I guess then I'll look over at what the typewriter is saying. Typing in Spanish. And it just keeps typing in Spanish. What? Is it, it repeating a sentence over and over again? Or is it like... What's the pattern and what it's saying? No, it, it appears to be typing out a whole paragraph of something. And professor, you... It looks kind of like the first paragraph of the book that you picked up. Oh, uh, by any you, chance you, did I chuck that book in my pocket? Give me a luck roll. 
Hey, success. The book is in your pocket. Uh, I'm going to pull it out and compare the, uh, the text. Yeah, it looks like it's typing out the first paragraph or so. But it's 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 weird, Professor, because the the font, so to speak, of, of the typewriters, you know, your typical typewriter mm-hmm. font in the other place. Here, it's typing in that same handwriting. Oof. Like faded yeah. inked handwriting. So That's it's odd. like exactly the same as the book it is. text. It is. Um, I'm going to take my pencil and poke the the green goo that's inside the typewriter. <laughs> okay. The pencil is stuck to the goo. Ah, I'm going to try to pull it out. It doesn't move. I guess I let go of it. It just stays. It stays, and then you notice it starts dissolving. Oh, whoa. Oh, There's a hiss. <laughs> It's a good thing I, was, I didn't touch that with my bare hands. I was going to say I was I was thinking very hard about trying to hit some some keystrokes on that thing, but uh, uh, I'll think I'll think differently now. So, so as that's the, happening, is the goo covering the, all the keys? It's not. It's between the keys. Okay, it's just between the keys. Yes. Does it look like? Can I roll spot hidden? Does it look like the goo is the thing that's actually manipulating the keys? Yeah, roll spot hidden. A critical one. Wow. Wow. Okay, what a thing to get a critical on. Um, So the goo does not appear to be moving the keys. As far as you can tell, the goo is seeping out from the dents and cracks in the typewriter. Okay. It's coming from inside the typewriter. Okay, so it's not... Okay. Mm -hmm. something inside it producing this goo. And the other thing you notice with the critical one is the goo is not melting the typewriter. Uh, is the typewriter still suspended on a table? Yep, still on a table. Is the, is the goo melting the table, or is it seeping out? Is it not seeping out that much? It hasn't hit the table yet. Okay. So as the two of you are looking at this typewriter, let's go back to the other place where Dash and DeForest uh, have managed to hold on grimly in this circle. And Madame Mina is looking around looking a little a little unsettled and she's actually wide-eyed it's it's very undignified for a lady of her age she's like walter walter what's happening and the typewriter which is still there in between you goes click clack click clack it's time click clack what do you do time for what now, Walter, is it time for the nice medium here to join you, or is this some sort of other trick you have in mind? <laughs> He's coming. You see? <laughs> I just draw. No, I guess I don't, because I don't want to break the circle. Shit. <laughs> the master. He's coming. <laughs> And Penelope starts crying. I just want to go home, Matty. I just, I don't, I, I, I just wanted to speak to Al, and I didn't want to be in this strange, awful place. And what's happening, Matty? And he's like, "Calm down, Penelope, darling. Calm down." She says, "I want to go home." 
feel like a cult is not going to be helping me anymore, is it? <laughs> well, it can, depending on what you want to do with it. Um, we shouldn't break the circle, but would maybe say leaning in and kicking the typewriter off the table maybe be a good idea? Well, I can't tell you if it's a good idea or not, but you can try it. <laughs> okay. Uh, roll to think it's roll to think if I think it's a good idea, or roll to do it. Well, you can roll either one. It depends on if you think DeForest would stop to think about whether it's a good idea, or if he um, just kick out I, at it. <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't done a break yet, so I think he would at least think of it first, since he is a okay. true believer. Okay, so... Uh, but on a 91, I am not going to get enough luck to <laughs> save that. <laughs> yeah, no. So push you're, you're it, not... push it, push it. You're, you're, you're not sure? I mean, maybe if you took some time to, to really think about some of, of the books you've read and the experiments you've done and, and other seances that you've read about, maybe, if you want to push the roll. Or you can just try and kick it. Or not do anything. I'll push. Yes. <laughs> and I'm not spending luck on a you push. Can't, you, can't, you can't spend luck on a push. So, yep. So, you failed on your push roll. So, DeForest, you think back over everything that's happened so far tonight and you're guilt over Phoebe and her voice talking to you through Madame Mina, which shouldn't be possible. No. And you uh, you want to shut this typewriter up. And that makes you think about a seance you went to with Phoebe. You You were testing out a new device that the two of you had put together in the lab meant to detect ectoplasm. Right, you you were trying to see if this this medium, who was fairly well known for all, for spirit photography, was actually manifesting spirits, or if it was some kind of photographer's trick. And you remember setting up this device, and the medium was manifesting a spirit. There was this green mist in the air and you 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 turned on the device <clears throat> and it something went wrong you turned on the device and the mist around the medium pulled back almost like it was a startled child or or a cat that had had a rock thrown at it and and the medium started screaming and the mist dissolved while your device was emitting this high-pitched whine, and the medium died. How many people have died because of your work, DeForest? Okay, so that's going to be the ultimate arbiter of if I kick it or not. Oh, 22. Still level-headed yep. enough. <laughs> <laughs> so... I, I think with the past sand roll, you're you're not going to let this device do what your devices have done. No. You're gonna try and stop it. Give me a dex roll. Because you're trying to kick it without breaking the circle. Hey, I did. Okay. You kick out 
from your seated position, you manage to get yourself in just the right angle and you kick at the table and the table tips over and the typewriter falls to the ground and starts click, clack, click, clack. Stupid. Uh, is it closer to Dash, then? It is now closer to Dash. Dash could probably reach it with his foot if he wanted to. Kick it out. Kick it out. Uh, what happened in the, the, the realm we're in? Yeah. Anything? Oh, that is a good question. Well, I mean, we wouldn't know that anything unless... Yeah. The, unless, unless, something, unless it changed something. Right. Right. Our space. Right. Yeah. And in the other world, nothing is happening. Except okay. the typewriter is still typing. Interesting. Nothing changes. Vanish. I I look over the the typewriter and then back up at uh, good old DeForest. Now, DeForest, if you insist, I will try to pick it up with my feet and toss it out of the circle. Okay. So give me. Hmm. I think this is going to have to be an extreme dex roll to do that without breaking the circle. <laughs> Yes! Um, that's a regular success. Aw. That's a 24. Uh, you need to get it down to an 8. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, um, do you want to spend the luck? Do you want to push? What do you want to do? On a 40, I don't know that you have a great... that much greater chance of rolling lower. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the, the 16 luck. Ah, uh, thank you. Okay. Uh, so keep track of your luck because that determines the group luck rolls. Yes. So you pick up the, the typewriter with your feet and you kick it out of the circle and it just sits there still typing. <sighs> click, clack, click, clack. So dumb. Heh. <laughs> Moron. And Madame Mina looks around at all of you and she looks at the typewriter and then she, her jaw just kind of sets. She says, that's not Walter. I don't know what it is, but th that can't be Walter. Madame Mina, it appears that your husband has become somewhat more than crotchety. If there is some way that you could return us to your abode, it would be deeply appreciated. Um, I'll... I'll... And let me let me think. Uh, this has never happened before. This is. Uh, I'm gonna make a roll for her. Okay, so she looks at you and she closes her eyes. There's got to be, there's got to be something. And then her eyes snap open. She's okay. I, I think, I think I have something. Um, so, something that can get us back. I I don't think our. I don't think our bodies are here. I think this is our, our spirit here. I think I can get us back to our bodies in, in the real world, the, the corporeal world, but I'm, I'm going to need your help. Okay. Don't break the circle. I, I, I'm going to need every bit of strength I can get. And as she says that, she tightens hands. Um, there's a loud barking sound. 
like a dog, and you see Penelope looking around, and Doctor Matt is is looking around wildly, and his eyes get wide. And he says, "No, no, um, I'm sorry. I don't know. I didn't mean to. <laughs> uh, no, it's not my, f- not oh, 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 God!" And he drops hands and immediately is gone. And Madamina screams and Penelope just blindly reaches out for the person next to her and grabs onto your hand, DeForest, and rejoins the circle. But Madamina is panting very heavily. Don't do that. Please. I I need you here. Please. I don't know if I can get us back if you if we break the circle. Stop. And she starts breathing heavily. And meanwhile, in the other realm, <laughs> Doc has landed on his ass, wide-eyed, babbling something about how he let Penelope think it was his that it was her fault when he really left the door open and please forgive me, Al. What in the hell Doc. are you talking about? Well, it's Doc. good to know that someone else is here. <laughs> Snap out of it, Doc. Yeah. I start <laughs> slapping him. <laughs> he he shakes his head and, and looks around and says, Oh, oh not again. not another one. Oh, not another one. Oh dear Lord. Um I saw Al and and, and he was looking at me and, and he like I he reminded me that it was oh you don't want to know. I mean, honestly, I don't care about uh, whatever drama you and your wife had with your dog. Yes, it's of no interest to us at this point. (laughs) We're trying to solve a problem here, Doc. A very serious problem, and we need your help with it. He looks around Spanish. (laughs) I'm I'm a medical doctor. Uh, uh, Retired medical doctor. And as as he says that, you all start hearing a shuffling sound from beyond this little poorly lit area where you're standing out in the darkness. And then you hear a... What was that? I didn't quite yeah. hear your sound. Like an anguished uh, moaning. It just sounds like a strange moaning sound. And out of the dark comes shuffling a six-foot-tall creature wrapped in rotting bandages with its hands outstretched. Dirt is dropping off it to the ground and bits of bandage are flaking away. And you can just see these hollow, empty eyes peeking out from a bandage across the face. And it is stumbling towards you. This oh like shit! Yeah, you are being approached by a six foot tall mummy. Ah. Sand roll. Sand. Yes. Uh, <laughs> not at all. Oh, 99. Well, it's yeah. it's not it's not a fumble because you're you're above fifty or you're at fifty. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, oh, you still lose the full four. Hmm. And Joyce, you lose. <laughs> you also lose the full four. God, I'm. I I like <laughs> lost more than five in like one hour too, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. What's well, one? What was your starting sanity? My Joyce? starting sand was forty. I haven't what, lost a. What have you lost a fifth yet? Um. 
Yes, actually, I believe I just did. Okay, so you've hit your threshold for indefinite insanity. I'm two points away from mine. So, uh, Joyce, you're actually going to have an automatic bout of madness. Okay. Uh, You don't even have to roll, because your your mind just kind of snaps. There is a six-foot-tall mummy, you're in the dark, there's a stupid fucking typewriter behind you, and it was in two places, and you're in a in the dark with Dr. Matt and talking about his dog and just what is happening. Um, And so I'm going to roll for you to see what your bout of madness is. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, man. Violence. (laughs) Violence is always the answer. (laughs) So a red mist descends as you suddenly lash out in rage and attack the nearest person to you. I'm going to say that's the old doc. Okay. So you're going to attack doc. What do you do? It's your fault. I'm going to, I'm going to take my flashlight out and start beating him with it. (laughs) Okay. Give me a fighting brawl. Okay. Let's see. What's my. (laughs) Fed a 50. Yeah, so professor, you just see the see Joyce I pull a out a five. I'm gonna spend uh five points of luck to make okay. That. <laughs> sure you so are. roll one d6 for your damage. So professor, <laughs> you just see Joyce grab her flashlight, which she she had out earlier to to try and see through the darkness. She whips around, starts screaming at the old man, and then starts beating his head in with the flashlight. Dear God, woman, I'm going to try to I'm going to try to to restrain her. And as the mummy is still shuffling towards you. Yeah, I don't um, even so, know. I, that's... <laughs> so at this point, we're going to go into essentially initiative order. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I need to know your decks. 45. 70. Okay. <laughs> so Joyce is at the top with 70. And then we have... Okay... Give me a sec. I think I'd have this memorized by now, but I do not. Quite all right. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be uh, decks across both planes of existence, so to speak. Oh. Um, oh. Uh, yes. So should we also roll? Uh, you're not rolling yet. We're just going in, um, in dexterity order. Um, so Professor is 45. Mine's okay. 40. Not yes. Um, <laughs> this is going to be fun. Because um, <laughs> Madame Mina has started chanting something under her breath as she implores you to hold on to the circle in the other world. So things are now kicking off, so to speak, in both realms. Um, so we're going to start with Joyce. Um, you've already hit once, but we're now in, a, in essentially uh, initiative order. So you get to act again before the professor does. The professor turns to see this happening. Are you going to try and hit him again? I'm going to hit the old, uh, the old bastard. Yeah, not okay. Um, So this time you don't have to, you don't have to roll to hit because you've knocked him to the ground. So you can just hit him. (laughs) Roll your d6 again. Man, I might kill him with a flashlight. (laughs) Six. Okay, you hit him with the flashlight again and you crush his skull blood and brains go everywhere your flashlight is now covered in blood and it still works and he crumples 
So, um, Professor, I think that's a sand roll for seeing a murder. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, okay, I'm okay with this. Yeah, murder, with, with okay. An, I'm okay with murder. It's, a, with an ex- it's not real. With an extreme, you don't lose any sand uh, because you're you're hoping this is just a dream that yeah. you didn't really just see Joyce murder a bitch. Um, but you know, yep. Joyce, you're standing over Old a dead guy. This dumb dog. Yeah, you're standing over the guy. You're still in your bout of madness for two more rounds, so keep that in mind. Sure. Um, yep, because I rolled four. So we'll see how this goes. Meanwhile, next up is Madame Mina. So in this other realm, uh, all of you see Madame Mina begin to chant. So it's now Nick, Penelope, who is freaking out over her husband disappearing, dash into forest. And Madame Mina is clutching tightly to your hand dash uh and she's muttering something in a language you don't know but she's chanting it she's rocking back and forth and i'm going to make a roll for her okay she does really well she holds on and she starts getting louder you can hear the power in her voice as this chant gets louder and louder uh and all around you uh dash in particular there's something changing in the air around you it's it's no longer this cold dark emptiness dash you're you're on a street there's buildings street lights these gas lights that have just been lit it's cold it's drizzling there's a, a car that goes rushing down the street and you look And you see, too late, the barrel of the rifle sticking out of the window. And I need you to make me a power roll. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Nope. Okay. I would like to push that. Okay, how are you pushing it? Um... Now, see here, this is no time to murder a dear medium. You need to leave her alone. Okay. Push the roll. It'll go bad if you fail. Oh, it's wow. Okay. So, DeForest, you have no idea what Dash is going on about. He just starts screaming, like, stop the murder. Um, And so, Dash, you get this feeling of pain in your gut as the rifle fires and you remember back to that horrible night when Billy was killed but you close your eyes and you you scream and you are back in this cold space you fought it off whatever it was something something was trying to convince you that you were back on that night but you know you're not and Madame Mina just nods at you silently and continues chanting. Um, so, Professor, mm-hmm. you just watched Joyce beat a man, an old man to death with a flashlight. Yeah, I'm going to try to restrain her and disarm her. Okay. <laughs> See how that's going to go. Old so, stranger. we're opposed strength, so both of you roll strength. <laughs> 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 so <laughs> you both fail very badly. 
<laughs> Very exciting combat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so Professor, you you rush at her as well as you can. Yeah. Um, and Joyce, you just whirl around, waving the flashlight madly. And with whirling around, you actually move yourself out of the professor's way, and he just moves right past you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it is now DeForest's turn. So, DeForest, you just saw Dash yelling into the air and then clenching his gut tightening the muscles like as if someone had hit him uh but he's shaking his head now just sta- holding on to hands staring grimly at the typewriter which is cl- clacking away what do you do um let's see um honestly the old lady's losing it right Oh yes, well the, um, the Penelope. Yes, Madame Mina is doing fine. Oh yes, me. Penelope but is crying sure and and looking uh, around and trying to see where her husband is. I would like to do my best to try to calm uh, Penelope down. Okay, so what are you saying to her, Penelope? Trust me, if we're if we're gonna see Doc again, we all need to hold hands. We all need to be calm. I know this is very scary, but you need to hold hands and remain calm. I just want to go home. We all Give me do, a persuade roll. Can't do that. If oh yeah, oh well. Persuade or charm. Holy, Holy shit! <laughs> you passed that oh. with ten. Uh, so something in your voice. Just makes her go, ah, right, ah, right, right. Uh, Matt, Matty always said I needed a stronger constitution. <laughs> and she she sniffs, but she stops crying. And because of that, she's not going to have the penalty die on her roll. Ooh, nice. And she passes. So, good job. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, she holds on tight in the circle. Madame Mina is still chanting. Uh, Dash, it is your turn. Uh, he burbed and oh, okay. might still um, All right. So if Dash is still away, then um, I'll say DeForest. Mm-hmm. As you talk to Pe- uh, Penelope, calm her down, and she takes a deep breath and, and clutches on tighter, there's something different in the air around you. You start to feel hot. And you look around and you see... You're standing outside a building and you see flame inside and you hear someone screaming and then the glass in the window shatter and you hear Phoebe screaming inside your lab calling for you. Mr. Payne! Mr. Payne! (gasps) Powell. Hank? It's just a memory. Yeah. It's just a you, memory. You tell yourself it's just a memory, just a memory, and it fades away, but you still find yourself clutching Dash's hand a little too tightly. Dash, you can feel DeForest's nails digging into the palm of your hand as he's fighting this memory off. Dash, it is now your turn. While you were away, I managed to calm Penelope down. So uh, she succeeded her role, actually. I'm sure that's excellent, but I'm not entirely sure what it is that I could be doing to assist here. 
uh, besides holding on tight and staying in the circle. And sure, Nick does. So, Dash, oh, yeah, that's a good call. Um, what, what, what are you doing? I. You hear the typewriter, which you've kicked out of the circle behind you, just typing away. Just this maddening click, clack, click, clack. But you can't read it now because you kicked it out. That's probably for the best. Um, I'm going to look at Nick, hold her tight. Now, madam, I do sure hope this is the level of excitement you expected. I should dearly like you to stay exactly where you are and grip madam's hand as powerfully as you can. She just smiles at you. Oh, this is the most fun trip I've ever had. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no shit. That's rolling intimidate right there. Yeah. Nice. All right. You succeeded and she just stops laughing and you can feel her hand in yours gripping it a little bit tighter. And goes, it's not real, but whatever. Yeah, it's, it's all fun and games until somebody else dies to a mummy. I'm going to roll for <laughs> yeah, her. I don't even know, know what that mummy's mummy. doing. <laughs> okay. Nick passes her roll. Um, so it is now the creature's turn. So, okay. uh, Professor, you have just dashed past Joyce in an attempt to grab her. It didn't work. <laughs> I'm going to roll a D2. Two. So it's going for the Professor. Uh, so <laughs> this, you rushed past her, and you're now directly in front of this stumbling mummy creature. And it's moaning, and it's reaching out towards you, and you can smell the, the embalming fluids and, and the dirt and the rot as it reaches out towards you and it's going to try and strangle you um, so with its big mummified hands so right. do you want to dodge or fight back well I ha- do I have my walking stick with me you do then I'm going to try to fight back <laughs> okay so give me a fighting <laughs> brawl roll sword. I don't even know where my fighting brawl is, is yes. it it's sword? under F <laughs> it's uh, under F <laughs> oh yeah 25 I'm very good at this oh uh, mm-hmm this is going to go very, very well. Oh, dear. Yeah, not I so well for you. <laughs> um, because the mummy did pretty well, and I will roll damage on the roll 20 so you can see it. Uh, type it in. Game up. <laughs> it says loading. Give me your best <laughs> shot, you. <laughs> mummified bastard. Uh, God, I hope it's not that asshole from Necropolis. Like, he's come back. <laughs> <laughs> that guy was a lot bigger than this guy. Yeah. Okay, so you take... Oh, <laughs> you take seven points of damage as these massive hands grip you around your throat and start choking the life out of you. Okay, that's that, a pretty good shot. That was seven of yeah. my nine hit points. So yeah, that's, that's more half- than... That's more than half, so yep. make me a constitution roll. Odd roll. Oh, yes, my 35 con. would you like to spend luck well how much do i have let's see i would have to spend most of it 33 33 do i have that many let's see uh yeah i think i'm gonna want to spend but i'm gonna hold on okay i I think it would be better ethan i i I actually think it would be better if you pushed your luck by somehow trying to kick out at this horrible mummy like trying to choke you out can i can i push this roll well, you'd have to push the constitution part. So how are you oh. trying to keep yourself awake? You can't push it by fighting. 
because uh, yeah, you're just trying to keep yourself from passing out. So how, gonna, how are you? I'm going to spin the luck is what I'm going to okay. do. I'm going to go down <laughs> so... to nine luck. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the, the fun thing is it's a group luck roll for the professor and Joyce. If there's yeah. any further group luck rolls, because the other two aren't there. Right. So... Unless he dies. Yeah, unless he dies. So, uh, so professor, you're still conscious, but you can feel your windpipe being crushed, and this mummy is some of that uh, that uh, bashing with a with a flashlight action right now. About now, <laughs> you really could, uh, but y- you can make me an intelligence roll here. Okay, as you're staring at this mummy. <laughs> oh, bang on. Okay, okay. so. This this reminds you of something you were looking at, actually, earlier tonight, when, when you were looking at the bookcase. You saw one of Walter's books on, on the shelf. It had a very lurid cover oh. with, a, with a mummy on it. It was called The Creature of Hell. And it, and it had the same kind of glaring eyes and the skin flaking off the hands as it was strangling some poor beautiful girl i bet if i read that book i would know how to beat this thing (laughs) (laughs) and uh so that that's the thought that you have as you are being strangled um joyce you are still in your bout of madness um well i mean i guess uh since the mummy is distracted strangling the professor i'm gonna whack him with a with a flashlight Whack the mummy or the professor? Whack the mummy. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm distracting him for you. Yeah, he's distracting me. <laughs> okay, Can I get give, a bonus or of some kind? Uh, or? Give me your fighting brawl. You don't get a bonus, but it, he's not going to fight back because okay. he's busy strangling the professor. <laughs> Fail. Okay, you you can't push fight you can't foot push fighting brawl. Okay. Um, so unless you want to spend thirty nine points of luck. Uh, no, I don't want to spend that much. Okay. Yeah, weird. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, uh, can I roll is... spot hidden, actually? Um, For what? Has anything about the environment changed since the mummy has come into the picture? No, nothing about the environment has changed. It's just this cold, empty space. Okay. Yeah, so back in the other realm, uh, Madame Mina is continuing to chant. She passes her roll, and you can feel the power growing. It's almost like there's there's another voice coming out of her throat at the same time, almost like two voices making this low sonorous chant. And you can feel yourselves getting a little more tired, almost like she's drawing power from you. Uh, Professor. It is now your turn. Oh, uh, so uh, I'm going to try to break free of this thing's crushing grasp. Okay. As I, as I can. (laughs) Okay. So uh, give me a strength roll. Ooh. Hey, how about that? Okay, with an extreme, you manage to pull its half-dead hands apart, and you drop to the ground. You're still holding your Professor cane. Smash. Yeah, um, because of the extreme, you're still holding your cane, so I will allow that. Okay. Uh, so, DeForest, uh, in the other realm, there is a whisper in your ear. Why didn't you save me? Why did you leave me in there all alone? 
The place was burning down. I could barely escape with my life. If I would have, I could have. If I would have, if I could have, I would have. You, you let me burn to death. It was horrible. I was burning. And you can see her face now in front of you, the flesh melting off of her, pouring down her body as her clothes are being burned away by invisible flame. And you can smell the stench of death and burned flesh. Great. Give me a power roll. Oh. All right. Are you pushing it? Spending luck? Uh, push. Okay. If you push it, it'll go bad. How are you pushing it? I know it will. Um, I'm holding on to the fact that Madame Mina was starting to say something to the effect of she doesn't think this is her husband anymore. So similarly, this isn't actually Phoebe. This is the presence trying to um, manipulate me. And I got a single point better. (laughs) So still a fail. All right. So you are, as you are looking at this melting image of Phoebe, your lab assistant in front of you, DeForest, you have the sudden horrifying realization. You're actually talking to her spirit. That's her. Her spirit is trapped in this place. Reliving her death over and over and over. And it's your fault. And you drop hands. Just in shock and horror. And you're gone. And you are now in this other place. Oh, thank God. Help us kill this mummy. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Dash, you're going to make a sand roll. Uh, Yeah, because of the the failed push, you're now going to make a sand roll. Deforest, yes. Um, Mm -hmm. Fail that too. And you lose four points of sanity. Oh, finally, more more player character (laughs) are... Um, I'm down nine points since the start of all this. Is that one fifth of your starting? Uh, of course, my starting is 45. Okay, so you are going to go into a bout of madness. As you see, uh, a mummy standing over Professor Byron. There is a the doctor's corpse on the ground. It looks like someone bashed his skull in, and Joyce is waving a flashlight. Um, Bloody flashlight. <laughs> a very bloody flashlight and there is brain all over the front of her of her blouse so your bout of madness is ooh, that's a fun one amnesia you suddenly don't remember where you are you are in your mind you are back in the last place you felt safe and secure you don't know who these people are you don't know what's happening none of this is real What is what's happening? A very good question that maybe we'll answer in a moment because yes. it is now Dash's turn. <laughs> damn Dash. <it. laughs> um. And Madame Mina's gonna make a roll to try and 
Okay, she passes, so the, she snaps at you to grab onto uh, Penelope's hand. Uh, and there's now only three of you here holding in this circle besides mm-hmm. Madame Mina. And Madame Mina slumps a little bit. It, it's almost like she's lost a bit of her strength. And she's, I, I can't, I don't know if I can, don't let go. Uh, I have an odd sort of question. I might uh, have can, an odd sort of answer. Yeah, can I um so I stare yes. at my skills? <laughs> can I embolden her through the use of persuasion or intimidate? Hmm. You can give it a shot. Cool. Now, Madam Mina, this is definitely not the time to take a break. I need you to stay with us and to get us out of here because whatever is snapping away our fellows is clearly coming for your soul. Roll intimidate on that. Okay, give me you that intimidate. Yes! Oh. <laughs> Good use of your the skills you have points in. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Madame Mina shakes her head and, and grits her teeth because, yes, you're right. Oh, we can't be stuck here. <sighs> Walter, what have you done? And she just bows her head and starts chanting again. You get the feeling that she's not as strong now, but she's grimly going at it. Um, so, next up, um, Professor Byron. The critter is uh, now going to try and stomp on your skull. <laughs> I'm going to try to dodge. Into this <laughs> yeah, give, give me a dodge. Roll. Um, it's not going to do any good because I got a zero one. <laughs> <laughs> I could roll a zero one. I didn't roll a zero. <laughs> <laughs> and even if you had enough luck, um, you can't spend down to a critical. It's okay. it's. Yeah. <laughs> Can can I in my last right before I get get my get my uh, skull crushed by this thing, just like with my final word, say the typewriter. Yes, you you hear so so you hear um, the professor say the typewriter just as the mummy drives its bandaged foot through his skull. There's blood and brains everywhere, and then. The mummy is gone. What? And the pro- and the professor sits up. Looks totally fine. <laughs> cool. Failed my sand check. <laughs> I guess you want me to roll sand as well. Oh yes. <laughs> and Ethan, I sent you a message. Yep. Failed. Um, okay. So Ethan, you lose one. Greg, you lose four. And Ben, you lose five. Who? <laughs> Can I continue going go. uh, berserk? Um, so <laughs> I, I believe you've already, Ben, you've already lost a fifth. Yes. Yes. So you're automatically going into about a madness. Awesome. Uh, your last one just ended. <laughs> 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 so we'll see what it is now. Oh, Joyce. Yes. They brought you here to kill you, Joyce. They're they're all out to get you. 
one of your rivals, one of your rivals at the paper must have set this up. They're trying to get rid of you because you're up for promotion. Becky. Oh, that bitch Becky. She set this up. They're trying to get you killed. Well, I'm definitely going to kill that professor now. (laughs) Oh, no. Hey! Not me. I'm feeling better. Uh, DeForest, have you? You've lost more than a fifth. Um, that was not a fifth in one go. No, but have you lost more than a fifth total? Oh yeah, of course I have. Okay, so you have another bout of madness. Okay. (laughs) Here we go. Oh, wait. No, you don't, because you're still in the previous bout of madness. You still have two more rounds on that. So, <laughs> right. good for you. You're still you're still an amnesiac. You don't know what's happening. You don't know what's going on. Something just squished a man, and then the man sat up. You don't know why this is going on. Um, but, uh, well, as, as uh, the professor sits up and looks around in confusion, completely fine, as far as you can tell, <sighs> you all hear a clawing sound, like something clawing at dirt in the distance and then you hear a shuffling and you look up and you see a tall thin man with dark slicked back hair wearing a nice neat dark suit and a black cloak uh, and a silver medallion around his neck and he looks at all of you and says a good evening would one of you like to be my bride and now it's Joyce's turn I'm gonna bash, yeah. I'm gonna bash Professor Byron. Byron <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I'm gonna make this a fast second life. Okay, so Professor, you can fight back, I or do. you can dodge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I failed. So, um, Professor. Okay, that's actually a success for you. Hold on. Oh no, you you failed. Okay, sorry, Joyce. Yet. You failed. Yeah, I failed. Okay. Mm. Okay. Let me just do it this way then. Um <laughs> 46. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, how how'd you do there, Joyce? Attempting uh, to brain the professor? I did not succeed. Okay, the professor did succeed. Professor um, so... whips around with uh, amaz- amazing speed. Clipsy okay, with my cane. So roll 1d6 plus 1d4, professor. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I knew it. He and the mummy are in the league. Well, not, a, not when it comes to dealing damage. <laughs> no. Three. Uh. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm hit, but I'm still alive. And that's definitely not more than half of your hit points. So you're you're you've been slightly stunned by the professor hitting you in the head with the cane, but you did just try to brain him. <laughs> so while that's going on, Madame Mina in the other realm uh, is redoubling her efforts, but you don't hear that second voice at the moment, the the one she was she had before. It it, it almost sounds to you like she's starting over. And she passes and she seems to sound a little bit stronger, but you're you the sound that she's making, the these words sound like words she's already said. So but she's going. She's going. Um so next up 
<laughs> is the professor. <laughs> so, professor. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, so, is she bleeding? Yeah, she's bleeding from the head because you hit her with your cane. All right, I'm going to try to uh, grapple her and drag her over to the typewriter. Okay, so oppose strength because, Joyce, I'm guessing you don't want this to happen. No, I, I don't. Um, and I got a 45. Oh. I succeeded the 28. Okay. Oh, 15. You, uh, that's a hard success for you. Um, so you grab her and drag her over to the typewriter. So, uh, Joyce, you're surprised at the strength in this little old professor with his tweed jacket. He just grabs you around the arms and starts dragging you towards the typewriter. Yeah, he, gra- he grabbed me right at the elbow, which, uh, paralyzes all women. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he just drags you over to the typewriter. Um, so DeForest... There is a vampire standing in front of you. Oh, yeah. Um, first, give me an intelligence roll. Fail. Okay. There's a vampire. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Which hey. is all you know because you... <laughs> buddy, buddy, I don't, I don't think I'm what you're looking for. <laughs> Oh, but you're a nice, handsome young man. You'd be a wonderful bride. Brides can be any gender. I, I know I know they can, but I, I don't think I'm the bridegroom for you, champ. Um, trying to... Kill this he... old bastard and I'll be your bride, Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Actually, can I roll persuade to? It's not your that? turn. No. Actually, um, as something a bit unconventional. Um, I I've love unconventional. My, I've got my camera. <laughs> okay. And it is somewhat of a reflex for DeForest. I'd like to try to take a picture to try to blind him. Ooh. Okay. May give I roll me. Photography? Yep. Give me a photography roll. Good idea. Said <laughs> <laughs> not with a ninety. <laughs> I'll spend 30. Okay. It's You're spending shot. 30 points oh. a lot. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so, okay. What I'll say that does is the light flashes. It's going to give him a, a penalty die on his, on his next uh, roll, whatever that is. And he just winces and pulls back and goes, Oh, now that's rude. I was making merely an offer of marriage and eternal life. Why would you do that? Something something in me doesn't want to turn to life right now, champ. <laughs> and uh, as that's happening, Dash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm here still. <laughs> you oh, are yeah. holding you are holding on to uh grimly onto Madamina's hand on one side and Nick's hand <laughs> on the other. Somehow, somehow still holding on. Um and you hear a voice in your ear. Why did you take me out that night, Dash? You knew they were looking for me. Why didn't you tell me? Billy, Bill, you are dead. You died stupidly of your own stupidity. And this is not the time 
Let bygones be bygones and let me get back to that damn little Victorian room. You see Billy standing in front of you. His whole shirt front is covered in blood and bullet holes. Uh, there's blood pouring out of his mouth. He looks corpse pale. His hand, he's holding one hand to his gut and he's holding the other hand out to you. Give me a power roll. Jesus, Dash. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Um. <laughs> Can I interest you in pushing the roll? I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I'm thinking about it a lot. I kind of want to shoot Dracula in the face, though. Oh, you can't do it from that plane of existence. Now, Billy, <laughs> you're dead. I saw you die, and I paid those boys to plug you good. Okay. You go back to whatever hell they put you in and leave me be. All right, give me that pushed roll. Yes! yes. Okay. So, as you finally admit what you'd been keeping even from yourself, the fact that you're the reason that your partner died, you shake your head violently and the image goes away. And you hold on grimly for dear life. Damn right. So (laughs) I'm going to roll for Penelope. Okay. She holds on. And so does Nick. They're rolling really well tonight. Good for you. Uh, Yes. So. NPCs are really well. Yeah. Well, except for Dr. Matt. So (laughs) uh, in the other plane, um, DeForest Dracula, if that's what he what he is, is kind of looking at you bleary eyed, trying to get his complete sight back, and he goes, "Now come, I'm going to take you to my castle. It is very romantic in Transylvania." Um, and he's going to reach out and he's going to attempt to bite you. Okay, I would like to not get bitten. Okay, well, it's a good thing he's got a penalty deck. He rolled a zero two. <laughs> oh, but that's still bad. For me, I'm guessing. Uh, uh, roll yeah. dodge, I guess. Uh-huh. Not in an 84. <laughs> he got a 12, which is an extreme. Yeah. Yes. It's... Oh, I mean, it was it was a 2, so it's 10 points better. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> um, so it's going to be... Let's see. Uh, but it's an extreme, so it's also so it's going to be two plus max damage, which is twelve, so fourteen points of damage. <laughs> okay, I am very <laughs> dead at negative three. Uh, so uh, you feel these sharp, pointy fangs sinking into your throat, and the hot blood pouring down your collar, and you just hear these are the mm, delicious noise from Dracula as you feel the life's blood being sucked out of you. And then Dracula's gone. And you sit up. And you're fine. And I'm going to send you a message. Yeah, yeah. I, I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, I can't get Dracula to save me. <laughs> Although I have hey, hey, if you play your cards right, maybe I, I can. He can. <laughs> All right. (laughs) Um, So it is now 
going to be Joyce's turn. So, Joyce, you have been you're being dragged over to the typewriter by the professor. Mm-hmm. Um, could I try to uh I don't know what role this would exactly be, but could I try to uh, trip the professor in such a way that he falls onto the typewriter and not me? Hmm. So I think that would, that would need to be an extreme dex. If you're trying. Yeah. Cause it would, it would be a regular dex to try and, and pull away. But if you're trying to trip him onto something specific, then especially cause he's behind you, then it's going to need to be an extreme. Okay. Um, could it not be like fighting if I like kick him in the kneecaps at the right time? Or you can, but in that case, you in that case you can't knock him onto the typewriter. Okay. Yeah. So it depends on on what you want to do here. Okay, I'm gonna overroll that dex, and I have still have quite a bit of luck left. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Good luck. How much um, more do I need to get to to 35? you need to get to 14. 14. Uh, I, don't I don't think you have that much None luck. Of us have that much. <laughs> um, damn it. I guess I'm just trying to like kick him uh, futilely as he drags Yeah, you, you just kind of kick at his knees um, as he's dragging you away. Um, his so, knees, even though he used a cane, his knees are now like <laughs> solid. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it, it, nicer it knees than I've had for quite some time. <laughs> he, he has excellent knees. Um, so it is now Madame Mina's turn. She's still chanting. She seems to be getting a bit stronger. And uh, Dash, you can, you and Nick and Penelope seem a little tireder, a little colder as she's chanting again, like she's drawing on your power. And she passes barely, uh, but she does pass. And she keeps chanting, Professor. Yeah, I'm going to try to uh, powerbomb her and just rub her face right into the uh, <laughs> piece of the typewriter where she's okay. bleeding. So, fighting brawl. You're right, essentially back, smashing her head into my, the typewriter. I've already done my roll for the... 40. <laughs> okay, so I that's a hard success. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, oh, no. roll, so you're going to roll, see, 1d8 plus 1d4. Oh shit! Ooh. As you're slamming her head into the typewriter over and over. Oh, yeah. Okay. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Okay. So here's what happens. So as you slam Joyce's face into the typewriter, you see like her blood spills over the typewriter keys. And the typewriter begins to split in half. This viscous green ooze spilling out of it onto the table and over Joyce's body uh, as she slumps to the ground. Yeah, but the typewriter is the the typewriter is still twitching. And this green ooze slips over your body, Joyce, and begins to melt it and dissolve it as your blood pools on the typewriter keys and it keeps typing and typing oh, and man, any cool stats or secret messages. Nope. Alas, you should have sacri- died first. <laughs> you're the sacrificial victim. Uh, and so y- professor and, and deforest or rather the things that you are now, you see this green mist 
emerging from the typewriter and it's growing and growing and growing and you feel you feel powerful the, the, the master is coming the way is opening the master is here the way is open and the this mist this and this ooze all sort of pulls more mist and ooze out of Joyce's now melting corpse and it gets thicker and stronger and you see this hint of a face and then more faces shifting in and out of this green mist and you know it's time and I'm going to make one more roll for Madame Mina Uh, Dash I'm going to give you a chance to make a power roll and if you succeed, Madame Mina will get a bonus die. Hard success. Ooh. Nice. Okay. So I'm going to um, roll can I for her. drop that down to extreme? Uh, it won't do anything. Okay. Yeah, don't don't no need to spend your luck. Uh, so Okay, and then tens die. Ooh, 19. Fantastic. Okay, so these things happen at the same time. As this is happening in the other plane, Madame Mina is gripping onto your hand, Dash, and you feel so much of your own energy and strength pouring into her. She's frantic. She's calling out these words louder and louder, and you feel almost like you're being drained. Lose oh. 10 points of power. Ooh. Ooh. But... As she does that, and you feel yourself getting weaker, the typewriter explodes behind you in a shower of green mist and energy, and you find yourself back in the drawing room, in your body. Nick is there, slowly waking up, shaking her head. Penelope is shaking her head. They look older and tireder. And Madame Mina also looks like she's aged five years. The, the old man, the doctor, he's dead. <laughs> he's a desiccated husk. And you see Professor Byron and DeForest waking up oh. next to the corpse of Joyce, who is slumped over empty but DeForest and, and Byron you know who you are mm. of course and you know why you've succeeded as the typewriter begins to ooze in the center of the room mm. click clack click clack and this mist this ectoplasm begins to swirl around it. Your master is coming. What does he Dash. need from us? Well, can't let anyone stop him from coming. Penelope has run over to her dead husband. She's shaking him and crying, but he's not responding. Nick is just sort of shaking her head and looking at the powder in her handbag with a confused expression. Madame Mina is standing up. Dash, 
two of your friends are here, or acquaintances, really. But the typewriter is doing something. What do you do? Well, that quite evening. Uh, uh, you'll have to... I will have to tell my employer that this has been quite the experience. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go find that butler, get that drink, and then be on my way. Good night, everybody. And he just leaves. Oh, you just leaves? <laughs> just out. Okay. All right. Oh, wait. He grabs Nick's hand and goes, Madam, I think it would be better if I escorted you back to your hotel and drags her ass out, too. And Nick just goes, yeah, I think I'm done. Honestly, that that was that was enough. And she just follows you out. (laughs) Out! Uh, (laughs) Uh, Are we Um, able to act? Yes, you are. Oh, no. No, 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 no. The night's not done yet, Dash. <laughs> you yes. haven't seen the truth yet. It's fascinating. <clears throat> you should see uh, him. You can't tell our employer about what happened tonight if you haven't seen the truth. Now, gentlemen, I think I have seen quite enough tonight. Uh, it is definitely time for uh, uh, Miss Devereaux and I to be leaving now. And I draw my uh... camera flash. <laughs> okay, um, I'm gri- I'm gripping my uh, my, my cane sinisterly. <laughs> okay, so, eighteen um... hard success. <laughs> um. So, God damn it. You are blinded temporarily, Dash, uh, because DeForest has a higher dex than you. Uh, You are temporarily blinded as this flash goes off in your eyes and you stagger back a little bit. Um, I'm going to draw my revolver. Thank you very much. Okay. Oh, man, somebody brought a real weapon. (laughs) But you're going to you're going to take a penalty die. If you shoot, because you can't see right now. I'm shooting the fucker with the goddamn camera. Yeah, of course. <laughs> not okay. Okay, so give me um, give me a firearms revolver roll um, with a penalty die. Okay, you failed. So the bullet goes whizzing past your head. DeForest. Mm-hmm. That is extremely unkind. Now, if you would Please Thanks. not do that again. Um, so I need a luck roll from Dash. God damn it. You're the only living person left. <laughs> <laughs> well, except for the NPCs. Well, yeah, but, well. but they don't get to do group luck rolls. So um, I failed, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So Dash, you you fire in the direction of, of DeForest, you hope. But oh, you shatter the grandfather clock and you hear clang as it strikes midnight. Oh, great. (laughs) And Madame Mina is reaching towards the typewriter as it splits open. Oh, shit. And DeForest and Byron, you see this 
this ooze, this mist beginning to solidify into a ghostly shape. Mm -hmm. This green ectoplasm that shifts with face to face to face, forming itself into the body of a wasp. There it is. With all of these faces shimmering in the body. And there's a loud buzzing sound. And Madame Mina screams as the wasp floats over to her. And is absorbed into her body. Oh, dear. Her eyes flash green. And DeForest and Byron, your master, the master of the way, looks at you and says in this harsh, buzzing voice out of Madame Mina's mouth, Kill them. You got it, boss. God damn it! (laughs) Of course. Uh, Who's closest to me? Dash is closest to you. Penelope was on the ground, and you actually see the master reaching the gnarled old hand of Madame Mina out to Penelope, and you see Penelope arch her back and start screaming as this green ectoplasm is drawn out of her body, and she crumples and and ages before your eyes and turns into a skeleton, just the bones rattling on the ground. Oh no, she turned into a plastic skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like that. <laughs> so uh, I know what I'm doing on my next turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Professor? Yeah, uh, so I'm going to uh take McCain and try to uh wreck whoever's closest to me. Okay, so you aim your cane at Dash's skull. Yeah, that's fair. Dash, you can fight back or dodge. Uh, dodge. Okay. So, Professor, roll. Oh, whoops. Seven. Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, shit, that's a problem. <laughs> that's going to be an extreme. You can use Nick to block, block the Nick. <laughs> um, um, okay. So, ha- roll your dodge. You might still make it. That's not an impale. No, I lean my head into it. Um, no. So you are going to do full damage. Mm-hmm. Um, not it, it's not um male. It's not an impaling weapon, but you are going to do full damage with the extreme, and that's one d eight plus one d four. So shit. that's going to be twelve points of damage. Twelve points of damage. To you. <laughs> I'm still up. are you yeah (laughs) that's more than half in one go though yeah yeah so you're gonna have to roll your constitution so you should have used should have used nick to as to protect yourself (laughs) okay so you are still conscious somehow not feeling great nope not feeling great at all um (laughs) i'd really like to go Um, next yeah, but you are you are bleeding heavily. You have one hit point left, um, and you are stumbling around. Um, so next is going to be your turn, DeForest. 
Damn it. Um, <laughs> Nick is still alive. Yes. I will grab Nick. Okay. Um, so, you know, De- DeForest, you're, you're a, a vampire at this point. Yes. So how are you, how are you going to try and kill Nick? Well, um, my teeth may be a bit blunter in this form, but, um, if you know a good way to do it, hmm. so just you bite into her jugular. You bend towards her and you can feel your teeth starting to sharpen. Of course they do. Into fangs as you bend over her neck and she's just trying to push you away. And I will roll for her to dodge, but she gets a penalty because she's strung out on coke. Uh, Super coked out. And yeah, she failed with the penalty die. She would have passed otherwise. Uh, But you sink your fangs into her throat. Um, So essentially give me a fighting brawl with a bonus and you're rolling versus an 85. Good. (laughs) Um, So you get a bonus die. So roll a D 10. Okay. Uh, Backslash roll. How do the commands work in uh, backslash forward slash roll slash roll yeah. D one hundred? Oh uh, well, D ten. Slash roll D ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other one. For, the other one. <laughs> With a space. Normal. Yeah. Same way they do them on Discord, really. No. Uh, no. The, the other slash. <laughs> the slash that's right next to the right shift. <sighs> It's late, folks. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you want me me to roll roll it? it. Let me just roll it. Yeah, go ahead. Roll it. Okay. Okay, so that's a 14. Yeah, Uh, okay. It was better than you. Yeah, so this is going to be damage plus damage. Um, So 1d8 plus 1d4 is 12 plus roll damage. It doesn't matter. She's going to die. Um, so yes, you essentially drink her dry. Wow. You feel her blood empowering you as it rushes through your body and you can feel yourself beginning to change and you feel the master's approval as his new body floats towards you, literally floating off the ground with this greenish glow towards you. Dash, it's now your turn. I'm shooting the master. Okay. I just want to make that really clear. That's what we're doing okay. right now. Okay. Give, give me that fighting brawl roll, and the master is going to fight back. Uh, not firearms? Uh, yeah, sorry. Firearms roll, and the master is going to fight back and try and drain your soul. Um, I'm going to dump all of the rest of my luck here. <laughs> yeah, weird. 51 uh-huh. points. And oh, I can't make boy. it critical. No, but you can make it an extreme. Yeah, so you might so, as well just spend enough to make it an extreme. 52 points. Or 50 <laughs> points. Okay. Uh, so my uh, luck is you need to spend four. You need to spend 40 points to get it down to a 12. Um, so you're going to do damage plus damage. Um, so, one, so. so 1d10 plus 2 and then plus 12. One D ten plus twelve. Yes. 
So you plus two, so you hit the, so the body. You hit the body of Madame Mina in the chest, and it explodes with blood and guts everywhere. And the body is just sort of hanging in the air, and it tilts its head, and out of the mouth says, "Well, I just got this nice body, so I guess I'll have to take yours now." <laughs> Good job. Uh, and so you're going to give me an opposed power roll. Hey, oh, I'll fail that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh shit! I succeeded. <laughs> but what does the um, god but do? But you don't. Ha- you don't have enough to get an extreme. No. <laughs> and you feel something pulling at your spirit. The thing that makes you dash Hopkins is being pulled out of your body through your eyes as you're looking at the hanging, glowing green corpse. And you feel whatever it is of you disappearing, dash, as all of your memories, feelings, your favorite color, your favorite childhood memory the the meals your mother used to make when you'd come in from playing outside those ridiculous short trousers you had to wear as a child all of these things start falling away from you and you go cold as something something else takes a hold of your mind and everything becomes a and your spirit dash is in this cold, empty place where you were before, floating alone and broken and empty. And Billy's there. And Billy's spirit smiles at you. Don't worry, Dash. We've got all eternity to fight it out now. And back in the old Victorian brownstone. Madame Mina's body collapses to the ground, an empty husk. Dash's body turns to look at you, Byron and DeForest, and the master's voice says, And now we make the world in our image. And he starts to walk out of the house, and you two follow your master. And Byron, you start to feel your body change as you grow taller and your footsteps grow slower. You can smell the decay of your flesh. You feel these bandages wrapping around you tightly. Dirt flecking off your feet as you walk or stumble rather down the steps, moaning. The only sounds you can make now. Mm. DeForest... You feel your face shifting, becoming more angular, your teeth sharper. You can smell the blood all around you. Your voice is changing in your throat as you call your master's name. And you run out into the dark, into this world that you all change in the name of the master. And that is where we will end this game. Damn, I wish I could turn into a universal <laughs> monster. At the end. Nice. Well, maybe you should have been eaten by a typewriter. That's, 
That's Damn. two arena scenarios that I managed to win. <laughs> is it winning? Is it? Depends I won the definition of winning. <laughs> I joined the cult and got sacrificed. <laughs> it's true. Uh, see, the thing is, Joyce, uh, the spell to bring the master requires a a blood sacrifice, a death, essentially, because the corpse has to has to be has to bleed on the typewriter, and then your energy is taken by the master's spirit. And so if you hadn't killed Dr. Matt, uh, you could they could have chosen to use him, but you were the only one left. So Not true. <laughs> so uh you got you got to be the sacrificial lamb, so to speak. <laughs> Dash definitely performed the best here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't do him any good. DeForest did pretty well until yeah. he failed his sandrol. Yeah, and then he got to be a vampire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, Walter is a piece of work. He is. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, do, do y'all want a uh, oh, session break of breakdown of what was going on essentially? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay, so Walter, in his old age, is because he was almost ninety, um, was looking for a way to be immortal, essentially, and he found this old book, the Book of the Night, uh, about the Master of the Way, and um, he sacrificed himself to put his spirit into the typewriter so that he could try to bring the master to the, to the mortal plane uh, because the master promised him that if he did that, then he'd get his life back. He'd get his body back. He'd be immortal. And that's why his blood's on the typewriter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that starts the entire process with using the typewriter as the sort of channel um, but there needs to be a uh, blood sacrifice and the master needs servants. And so the master uses Walter to draw people into this other world. Um, so that Walter's creations, essentially he uses Walter's, uh, imagination creatures from his penny dreadfuls, mm-hmm. uh, to, nice. to take over people so that he has servants in the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the scenario itself actually has a list of, of, of some of Walter's creations. Um, nice. So, so GMs can use any of them or come up with their own. Uh, I just chose to use a mummy and a vampire on this one. Um, and so yeah. es- essentially there's a lot of different ways this can end. Um, and because, but because you managed to complete the sacrifice before Madame Mina finished her chant, it went very, very badly. <laughs> um, there, there is no way to out pow the master. Like you, you can't do that. Yeah, uh, no, that, did, that doesn't seem reasonable. <laughs> I mean, he he's he's a eld, elder, uh, an elder thing. Uh, he's got a pow of two hundred. Oh shit! Oh, eh. Yeah. So um, you can't really outpow him. No, unless <laughs> unless you get a critical one. So and and even then, it's you still can't banish him. Um, he'll because he's still been summoned. Right, yeah. he's come out of the gate, which yeah. is the typewriter. Um, so all, all you can do is prevent him from taking over your body if you outpow him. Uh, so essentially, then he'll just go off and find another body to inhabit. <laughs> so, um, but you can keep him from coming. Um, if you destroy the typewriter when you get back, uh, before he manifests, then you can close the gate. Um, you can get stuck in the other world if Madame Mina doesn't manage to complete the ritual, in which case your bodies are just desiccated corpses, except for the ones that uh, became, well, possessed if the, yeah. if the, if their ritual is completed. If neither ritual is completed, because Madame Mina needs minimum two people 
in the circle uh, to complete the the ritual, then um, everybody's lost. And the butler nice. will come in the next morning and just find a circle of desiccated corpses. <laughs> so, right. yeah. So I was on the right track, just I wasn't actually breaking it. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah, you can the, the ghosts mm-hmm. were those actual the actual people or were yeah they those were those were the actual spirits. Oh great. Yeah, um, because the master of the way is essentially a a spirit elder thing that that guards the realm of the dead, mm-hmm. and so all of these spirits are spirits that are stuck in that realm. Uh, and what the master intends to do is he's go he's going to go through the world and he's going to turn everyone essentially into his version of reality, which is in in this case cryptids. So um, he's going to make more servants, and the mummy's going to go out and kill more people to turn into mummies, and the Serial vampires going to the uh... vampires going to make more mummies. Uh, make more vampires and and all of these things. So the mummy will be uh, Boris Karloff and brownface. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Alas, um, have you run the scenario before? I have. Has um, anyone made I, the dead alive? Yes, actually. Um, the last time I ran this, um, the professor managed to use uh, Cthulhu Mythos to oh. actually. Uh, take over Madame Mina during Wait, the chant. Yeah, and he. Could, wow. It was it. It was not something I wrote into the scenario. It was his idea. He's an experienced Call of Cthulhu player, um, uh. and so he actually drew on her power to complete the chant himself, um, uh. and left her dead. Essentially, he took all of her power, all of her soul, to complete the chant. Um, and he destroyed the typewriter before the master came through. So it left the cryptids, essentially, because they came back. But they just ran off into the darkness to create more of themselves and hope that the master could come another time. Um, but he did prevent the master from coming. <laughs> so, nice. yeah. So there, there's a lot of interesting ways this can go. You can also mm-hmm. make it a longer scenario. Like, it can be four hours, like a full regular game session if you draw out the interactions at the beginning uh if you have more of the seance um i know we said keep it to about two two and a half hours which is why i ran the shorter version yeah that worked great. um but you can do it as a short session a longer session uh what whatever you want to want to do with it so there's a lot of ways this can go <laughs> yeah this would be a great con game oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, wrote, I wrote it as a convention scenario yeah, so, I regret absolutely nothing about that game. That was amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. What were some of the um, other universal monsters you could have thrown mm-hmm. at us? Um, so I didn't use universal monsters. What I did was I created uh, essentially things that would have shown up in the Penny Dreadfuls of the time. You're familiar oh, yeah. with Penny Dreadfuls? Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, so there's um, a highwayman um, oh. who oh, with nice. burning blood red eyes oh, and... Yeah, um, there is essentially um, a fish creature, not oh, creature yeah. from the Black Lagoon, but um, something something similar because they were kind of obsessed with Atlantis at, at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's were creatures. Uh, he had a were cat instead of a werewolf uh, in one of his. Uh, there's uh, evil spirits. There's a genie. All sorts of things because Orientalism was sweeping the nation at the time. Yep. 
Um, uh, e- uh, Egyptology was becoming a big thing, hence the mummy. Uh, mm-hmm. But all of the creatures have their own little Walter twist on them. Uh, so, oh. yeah. So, so you have all of these these different uh, things from the era: serial killers and highwaymen and uh, various and sundry monsters. You've got an ice creature uh, oh, that Jesus. can be that can be really fun. Yeah. Uh, so. And you can customize it, adding your own things based on the the time period, like what people would have been afraid of or what would have been in the literature of the time. So mm. it can be very flexible depending on what you want to do with it as a keeper. Mm. Absolutely. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. That was it reminds amazing. me a little bit of like the intro scenario. Uh, what's it called? Edge of Darkness in that you're yes. trying to like, you know, co- finish your, your ritual before. Yeah. Before you die. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Well, Rena, thank you very much for once again GMing for us. Uh, yeah, please tell us well where done. we can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, as long as Twitter is still around, uh, at GlitterFayThey. Uh, I mostly post pictures of my cat and promote my stuff. Uh, you can also find me on the Old Ways podcast, where I run a custom Vampire the Masquerade chronicle that I wrote. And where I play Call of Cthulhu, the horror, the Ori- horror on the Orient Express. And you can also find me on the any award-winning Call of Cthulhu podcast, Ain't Slayed Nobody, where we play Down Darker Trails in our main arc. Uh, and I play a gender-fluid gunslinger named Patience. So Excellent. Yeah, that was fantastic. Thank you very much, Rena. It was Thanks great. for having Thanks. me. Thanks again for having for joining us, Rena. Thank you very much, listeners, for listening. Thank you very much, our patrons, for supporting us, allowing the show to continue. And this isn't going up on Halloween, but happy Halloween anyway. <laughs> Good night, Internet. Good night, Internet. Good night, Internet. Bye.